0: In football, or soccer, there are rules for a ball out of play. That's exactly where we're taking you in this podcast series. Out of play. Beyond the rules. Beyond the pitch. Beyond the game. Because every four years, during the World Cup, it's more than a simple story of goals scored and athletic displays, Sometimes, the really interesting part starts after the final whistle. We've crossed the world to talk with journalists and passionate fans to bring you some of these stories that all have one thing in common, the World Cup. In the stories you'll hear, some of you weren't even born yet. For others, you might remember it like it was yesterday. This series, Out of Play, takes you inside eight of these tales, thanks to the people who actually lived them. You may wonder, why choose an American to help tell you these stories? Well, it's obvious. We're neutral. We're never in the World Cup. His net worth is thought to be $400 million, and $400 billion for his people. He's made 138 national team appearances and has been the team's top scorer with 71 goals. He's been their inspiration, their coach, their father figure, their faith, and the target of their criticism. His name is Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's Portugal's national hero. Or is he? Ronaldo's conquests are known far and wide, yet he is one of the most criticized and polarizing footballers in the world. For the Portuguese and foreigners alike, you either love him or you hate him. Ronaldo gets a lot of hate. He should have scored that goal. He should have made that pass. He's too arrogant. He's too rich. He's too pretty. He's too ugly. He's too rude. It's a case of a champion who can't win. Did you see how he took the microphone out of that journalist's hand and threw it in the lake? What international star behaves like that? What person can't handle hundreds of journalists in their face every second of the day? Could you? This episode of Out of Play focuses on Ronaldo's curious and powerful impact on his home country, including his achievements and his recent disappointments. We will explore the phenomenon of the Portuguese fans who criticize him, but would easily injure any foreigner who dares to speak negatively about CR7. We'll look at the Euro Championship, and the tremendous impact Ronaldo has, and will probably always have, on his people. He isn't just a football star. He's a symbol of hope, hard work, and strength to many Portuguese who struggle daily. He is often the glue that brings together all of Portugal, at home and around the world. He breaks the tension between local club fanatics, even if just for 90 minutes every couple of years. If there is one place in the world where he will always be a sort of God reincarnated, it's in his hometown of Madeira. On this little island at 900 kilometers from the Portuguese coast, the 32-year-old embodies rags to riches. The town proudly put up a statue of him. He has his own museum and a hotel bearing his name. Just recently, the Madeira Islands airport became... Cristiano Ronaldo Airport.
1: Thank you for being here. Seeing my name be given to this airport is something very special. Everyone knows I'm very proud of my roots and of my country. In the interviews I give, I always take the time to compliment Portugal, and especially Madeira. I've said that I think distinguished people should be honored while they are still alive, as is my case. So I would like to say a huge thank you to the president of the regional government for having the courage, the boldness, and the firmness of defending his idea.
0: Daniel Sa, the director of the Portuguese Institute for Administration and Marketing, says Ronaldo is a high-earning brand for Portugal. He said that, along with port wine, Cristiano Ronaldo is the most well-known Portuguese product in the world. At 32 years old, Ronaldo has chosen to reinvest a lot of his wealth back into Portugal's economy through various endeavors including fashion, museums, and hotels. His Funchal-based clothing line includes underwear, jeans, shoes, and accessories. His impressive collection of more than 160 trophies is on display in his Madeira Museum, which more than 250,000 fans have already visited. His most noteworthy financial venture is with the luxury hotel group Pestana. He invested about 37 million euros to have four CR7 branded hotels. His name attracts many of the tourists who come for these attractions, which brings a lot of tax dollars to the local government. The Madeira regional government chose to rename the local airport in his honor after Portugal won the 2016 Euro championship. The name change brought a lot of criticism. Shouldn't a star be more humble? The pride with which he accepts this honor and praise, is it proper? The national government was the first to question the regional government's authority to make this decision. Shortly after, then-Secretary of State for the Portuguese Socialist Party, Francisco Seixas de Costa, directly attacked the name change on his Facebook page, writing, The decision to plaster Ronaldo's name on the terminal was pushing the boundaries of common sense, justice, and the absurd. Many Portuguese politicians, including Seixas de Costa, argued on national television that Ronaldo would be better served by a stadium or a sports complex. The regional president of Madeira, Miguel Albuquerque, came to Ronaldo's rescue. He told the press it was an appropriate honor for a great Madeirense. He also said... I believe that calling this into question is a lack of manners and a stupidity. It is a proposition to recognize a great sportsman, a great Portuguese. Cristiano Ronaldo attracts thousands of visitors to the Madeira Islands each year. These islands rely heavily on tourism. Could this be one of the main reasons Ronaldo's Madeira fans always remain so loyal to him? In general, Ronaldo is a positive international ambassador for Portugal. But many Portuguese fans prefer Messi over Ronaldo, especially considering the Spanish league issue. This could be a response of resentment to what some see as betrayal, their beloved Ronaldo representing a team from the neighbor with whom they've had so many rivalries. Paulo Futre, ex-Atletico Madrid player and now a commentator for Portuguese TV, suggests there are some people in Portugal who would rather see Messi win the Ballon d'Or instead of Ronaldo. There have even been instances where Portuguese fans have chanted Messi, Messi, Messi at Ronaldo when he arrived with the national team at hotels and airports around Portugal. Futre said that it's been a while since he's heard this happen. He has said it was a disgrace when it did. Once Ronaldo is representing his home country, it seems loyalties magically change. Suddenly, he is their captain, their strength, their reason to go on living. Ronaldo's most important victory, at least for his people, is the 2016 Euro Championship. This win boosted the nation's pride and gave them hope for the 2018 World Cup. There's a reason the 2016 victory means so much. In 2014, Portugal was massively disappointed with Ronaldo during the World Cup. Injured, frustrated, and off his game, he was failing his country and his fans. The inspirational, hard-working Cristiano was nowhere to be seen. His 2014 injury was expected to keep him out for at least two months, including Portugal's first round World Cup elimination. Fast forward two years to the 2016 Euro, and it's the same problem. An injured, hopeless Ronaldo 2.0. Many had already shifted their hopes to the team's newer stars. Ronaldo's getting old anyway, many thought, and they'd be better off finding a replacement for him. Except this time, there was hope shining through the drops of sweat on his forehead and the tears of desperation on his face. Despite a brutal injury, Only eight minutes into the finals for the European Championship, Ronaldo pushed through. His attempt to play through the injury came to an abrupt stop in the 25th minute when he came off the field for the first time. His fans knew that for the world's best player to come off in a final, it must be serious. Recently, even his family life has drawn criticism. His sudden and abundant state of fatherhood concerned some. They speculated children might take his focus away from the field. Journalists taunted him for having more children than La Liga goals in 2017. Ronaldo's first child, Cristiano Junior, was born via surrogate in 2010. In June 2017, Ronaldo welcomed twins Eva Maria and Matteo, again through a surrogate. Then, just a few months later, His girlfriend gave birth to his fourth child, Alana. Many Portuguese fans admire him as a father, but some fans worry his children are a distraction. Ronaldo's mother and other family primarily care for his children, but he dedicates a lot of attention to them and is present whenever possible. Many Portuguese women admire Ronaldo the father figure, while men seem to respect his strength, dedication and success. Even with the new additions, Ronaldo seems to dedicate 110% to his team. You gotta give him that. But Portugal has never won the World Cup, and the recent Euro victory has given many hope. What concerns fans, however, is the star's perceived lack of interest in winning. Asked if he had any more goals for his career, Ronaldo said he had already achieved all his football dreams. He said it would be great to win the World Cup but if he had to end his career at that moment he'd be just fine. Some considered his attitude to be humble. Other Portuguese fans thought it was disrespectful. Many of Portugal's supporters think Ronaldo has an obligation to the team and to the country. They considered it selfish that he only focused on his career. They want him to remember the hope the Euro 2016 brought the country. With some thinking the Euro may have been a lucky win, they are relying heavily on Ronaldo for the World Cup, putting their hopes and dreams once again in the hands of the local hero who no longer seems to want to conquer that summit of football, that ultimate victory. Go ahead, insult Ronaldo in front of a Portuguese fan. See what happens. They will defend him to the death. Yet, lately, it seems he divides his local fans. So why do Portuguese fans so fiercely protect their golden boy and at the same time are his biggest critics? It's like how a parent pushes a child to do their best and often forgets to say how proud they are. It's the same with Portuguese fans. We interviewed a 22-year-old Portuguese fan. Sort of how we are our own biggest critics, we are his. If he aimed so close to the bar or post that the goal went in flawlessly, it's because he has perfected his shot. If it barely misses because it bounces off the posts or bar, he should have worked harder. He should have been more careful with his knee injury, especially because he knew how much we needed him. But damn that stupid player with no life whose only purpose was to put Ronaldo out of the game. We see all his flaws as our own. When he fails, we fail. But when he wins, we win too. And that's probably why we criticize him so heavily. Some Portuguese say that Ronaldo is a hero from Portugal, but not a typical Portuguese hero. He wants, and he gets. He doesn't have the courage of conqueror San Sebastian, and he's not an alcoholic like the famous writer Fernando Pessoa. He knows he's the best, and he admits he knows it. To be admired, the heroes in Portugal have to be scrutinized and must have a collection of faults that sabotage their greatness. These faults work like an antidote to jealousy, a defense mechanism, so ordinary people don't feel less in their accomplishments which seem smaller in comparison. Sometimes Portuguese see success as a perversion. For those who don't have it, the success of others can provoke jealousy and frustration. It's as though accomplishing something through talent doesn't count, because you were born with that talent. This is one of the main points of Portuguese criticism for Ronaldo. He's not humble. He didn't work for his success. He was just lucky enough to be born with it. It's much easier to be jealous of him because of that. One Portuguese fan said, we are a country in which the word humble in the dictionary has another word which means exactly the opposite, fake modesty. Futre, from whom we heard earlier, also has something to say about this. He said, he has achieved the maximum. He's been the champion of Europe, but he continues to have enemies in Portugal. Futre claimed the reason Ronaldo attracts a lot of haters comes down to the way he sometimes behaves on and off the field. Many Portuguese think he has, on many occasions, not behaved like a good Portuguese should. Instead, he's thrown temper tantrums like a five-year-old with referees and others. But at the same time, Portuguese fans will remind you that he was named the most charitable athlete for donating hundreds of thousands of euros to charity including paying medical bills of terminally ill children and building a cancer hospital in Portugal. A lot of Portuguese fans still consider the Euro 2016 a lucky win. Others defend the hard work of the players. Portugal did get lucky. They didn't play great games during the group stage, yet they still qualified. Iceland scored a goal at the 90th minute, so Portugal finished third in the group. But thanks to new rules, they still qualify. A penalty shootout sent the team on to glory. Ader, the national joke and called the ugly duckling, scored. Portugal beat France for the first time ever. And shot. Super strike. And Portugal. By the time of the Euro 2016 final, Portugal was united. There was no Benfica versus Sporting, no Porto. There was red, green, and yellow. There were sagres and superboc beers and houses full of friends and family. In that moment, Portugal became one. And with a cry of hope after that victory, Guilherme Cabra, a proud Portuguese citizen and football fan, created a popular video called The Venting of a European Champion. Cabra put into words what 11 million Portuguese were feeling. In this emotional video, Cabra calls out to Eusebio, a legendary Portuguese football player who died almost two years before the Euro 2016. He tells him with an emotional and trembling voice that Portugal is the European champion. Portugal had yearned so much for this victory for so long. With all the hardships many Portuguese have suffered, football is an important source of hope in their lives.
1: I still don't believe it. I still don't believe this feeling. I'm a European champion. You know why this feels so good? It was about time we heard that Lusitanian roar. It's bigger than the rest of the world thinks. I know. We lower our hopes by always thinking the others are better than us. But from now on, no one will ever again doubt what Portuguese are made of.
0: Cabra's words capture what the Portuguese people were feeling, that they have always underestimated themselves, always thought someone else might be better than them, and that failure is likely. Cabra recognizes the Euro wasn't perfect, but said that any glorious story must have a trembling beginning for the victory to be worth it. It's here that he elaborates on Ronaldo's impact, an elaboration that really explains what was happening in the Portuguese heart. He says that while they mostly kept faith, sometimes they stopped believing. And if there were times we stopped believing, he says, the truth is that step by step, the faith in the man that led us became contagious. He led us to believe with so much strength that we held hands and we played that final with you. We flew, we ran, we dodged, we cleaned the sweat off your forehead and fell with you to the ground. Here he gets poetic about the impact Ronaldo can have as their leader, their captain, and their hero. And the impact he can also have when he fails. There was a pain in our
1: hearts when we saw you on the field, just laying there. And while those tears ran down your face, the country fell into silence.
0: If you had been in Portugal at that time, you would have been able to hear a pin drop. Beers were put down and left to go flat. Scarves bearing Portugal's name were used as tissues to wipe away paint running down tearful faces. People looked around, at the screen, at their family, at their friends. What would happen now? Ronaldo's next decision changed everything. He wiped away the tears and stood at the sidelines. He shouted instructions. He whispered inspiration into the ears of the other players. In this video statement, Cabras
1: said, It was tough, but if we were already this strong outside supporting those that were fighting for us in there, when the best player in the world joined us on the outside, we would give even more strength to those still on the inside to close the last chapter of Portugal's most beautiful story.
0: Ronaldo was now outside with the fans, the supporters, the team cheering for the heroes on the field. And just like that, his words in Eder's ear led to the winning goal. Cabra says Ronaldo told Eder that if he took a good shot at the goal, he would make the hearts of millions of Portuguese across the world explode. And so Eder did. The feeling that followed wasn't so much the thrill of victory, but the feeling of a well-deserved break in an incredibly hard life. Cabra, still talking to the spirit of Eusebio, said,
1: We deserve this so much. And for those that suffered for a few moments, they could forget everything and finally smile. For those that fight beyond borders and would give anything to be able to celebrate this with us in their country. For those that wanted so badly to live this but that are no longer among us. For those that fight so hard for their dreams but still haven't conquered them and that now feel that even in the impossible there is always a possibility.
0: That was maybe the most important prize of Portugal's victory, hope. And this is what makes Ronaldo an eternal local hero. It's all the times that he united his people together, that he made them forget their troubles as they were glued to the TV screen. Even people who aren't football fans. It isn't the game so much that matters, but the sense of victory, how it feels to be a winner. For many, this victory is the only one they've ever had, or ever will have. So, World Cup 2018. How are Portuguese fans feeling now? The Euro final gave Portuguese fans more hope for its team as a whole, rather than just Ronaldo's team. Ader's winning kick and sudden rise have made Portuguese fans more confident in the coach and the players. When Ader was selected for the national team, criticism rained down on the coach. Many called the decision reckless, a waste of a spot. Ader was named the ugly duckling who didn't fit in. In a way, this story is sort of like a fairy tale where unexpected characters can surprise us and become heroes. Cristiano Ronaldo will always be a national hero, despite his many critics. He now seems more keen to add a World Cup to his trophy collection But it's still not an ultimate career goal. While this worries some, many think he will continue to give his all for the team and his country. His passion for his team and for Portugal are evident in this post-victory locker room
1: speech. Check it out. No one believed in Portugal, but the truth is we made it. All of us, we did it. I'm very happy this is one of the happiest days of my life. Forget the individual trophies, Champions Leagues. This one right here is the happiest of my life. I have cried three or four times already. Ronaldo has said
0: that the 2022 World Cup will be his last. We have seen he has other talents on the sidelines. It would be no surprise if Ronaldo shifted his focus from performing on the pitch to coaching on the sidelines, continuing to inspire the national team to victory and to greatness.
1: Out of Play is produced by Angle. This episode was written by Sophia Victoria Abrantes. Sound production by Thee in Paris, France. Original score by Roman Pilo and Max Zipel. English version narrated by David Gassman. Find more episodes of Out of Play anywhere you find podcasts and on outofplaypodcast.com.